Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Season 3 of Better Let Me Tell, tell You. you. This is Ish. Now, we know that everybody out there is doing the self-quarantine, self, you know, shelter thing. So, um, actually, Darian and I are going to be conducting the intro to our interview, our, our episode, actually, via phone. This is the first time we've ever done this. So, let's see how this goes. It's very, very odd for us. We're used to just, um, you know, being in front of each other and always reacting off of each other. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Que haces? Well, right now, I actually was flossing, finished flossing my teeth, you know? Well, you know. coronavirus and all, but dental hygiene is important. Dental hygiene is very important. I mean, you know, Vivian taught us that, if nothing else. If nothing else, right? Yes. Um, is this our quarantine, a quarantine special episode one hundred and two? Kind of, sort of. Although I like quarantine better. It sounds like a country song. <laughs> well, here we go, everybody. You caught me by surprise. I mean, I knew we were going to do this, but I thought you were going to set me up a little bit. So here I am, Flossy. Now, uh, I, why, everybody, why, why would welcome you, why to would, this special edition episode. But why would you think I was going to set you up if I never set you up when we start recording? Like, legitimately, I always catch you off guard. 
That is true. That is very true. That is very true. So to our listeners out there, not even the coronavirus is going to stop us from bringing you a new episode every week. Nope. If I wind up on a ventilator, they're just going to have to figure out how to sneak a recorder in there. Yeah. Oh my God. No, no, no. Dios no quiera. Pero it's like at that, at that point in time, like I don't know. I will do it solo. But damn it, we are gonna have an episode every week. Not even. Listen, I'll just teach you how to do all this stuff, and then we have many people who'll be more than happy to join you via phone to co-host. Oh well, yeah, yeah. So welcome to the quarantine world, everybody. <laughs> yes, we're so shelter, shelter in placing. Now, so so because, you know, our audience, you know, we're like family at this point. Right. You know, the truth is that we actually have like a little bit, you know, half of the episode we actually shot in person with our co-host, uh, Guano Chris, who we'll talk about in a minute. Yep. But Ish and I kind of wanted to quarantine ourselves since <laughs> everybody else is quarantined, you know, and kind of kind of do this. <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> kind of see know... how... how to relate so we're relatable right you know it's like listen this is what everybody's exactly. going through exactly you it's know like, what this feels like to me what right now this conversation we're having okay a like in the 80s and the 90s before when you would call because now when you call cuba you call on a calling card so it's super easy but in the 80s and the 90s in the 80s and the 90s i would be the one who would have to call for like my grandmother Oh. And it was always the same. It was always the same recording. And I would try for hours and hours. And then, you know, finally, when you get somebody on the line and they, um, they hook you up to whoever you're calling in Cuba, it would always, it would be like a scouting, scouting, screaming match. Go like and it's like, why were we screaming so much? Like, I don't you know, lots of static. Static, static has always been the enemy. No, 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 no. And we'd be, no, no, no. And we would be like, Tina, como esta calito? Apúrate, antes que corten la llamada. Because those Cuba calls back in the day, they would just, they would just like cut them. You know what I mean? They wouldn't. Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah. They, you know, they wouldn't tell you ahead of time. It was just like you were in the middle yeah. of conversation. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would love when my grandmother's sister, may she rest in peace. She had a, you know, she had a bit of a, not a big mouth, but she didn't know when to stop. You know, she had no filter. Okay. And then when you know she would start talking about something that could be government related, oh, you know, no. we would be like, tia, tia, no, not. tia. Oh, and then it's funny because. And they would speak again, screaming and in a hurry. It's like when you would, you know, when people used to call home collect, but they wouldn't actually call collect. Uh-huh. So you would have to be able to say your, like your name. When they would ask you for your name, it'd be like, mom, dad, I'm done with the movie. Come pick me up. Like, and then, you know, that's how it would. Wow. That, that's something that I completely forgot about until you mentioned it now. <laughs> calling collect. Yeah. Do you remember the 90s? All those collect, calling collect commercials. Uh, I feel Ava, that like. Ava save a lot. Calling, calling collect made like a, it made like one last ditch effort before it died. You know what? And that's the power of Alyssa Milano. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But that she was Ava save a lot. Ava save a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but she, oil, would, she was wearing like a little leather outfit. Well, I mean, come on, it's Alyssa Milano. Who doesn't want Alyssa Milano in leather? She's so no. spectacular. And, and, then, and, and then in the Cuba calls, it will always be like, 
You know, I, I would always like set up the call, but once we connected, right, then, you know, obviously I would give the phone to my grandmother or my mom, mm-hmm. but you know, I didn't really, I don't really know, like, my, the, you know, the family that we had left in Cuba was like my grandmother's sister and like her family. Right. So it wasn't close, close family. I didn't really know these people. And it'd be like, it's like, I don't know what to say. Especially at that age. <laughs> like, I don't have anything to talk about. As it yeah. Is. I mean, It'll be like, mijito, tú estás grande, como has crecido. You know, because my grandmother would send them pictures. I'll be like, sí, sí, gracias. Do you have food? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know. Speaking of, do you have food? Are you stocked up? I mean, I'm stocked up. So, everybody. I know everybody's gone crazy, like, buying stuff. Let me tell you about my little Publix. Let me tell you something, though. I was the first one to make fun of, like, the toilet paper thing. And you know what? Today, I... Pero let me tell you. Pero let me tell you. Today, I... I'm like one roll down. Like I had to go and I couldn't find toilet paper. So basically I'm going to do like chattel in that, that video she posted on Instagram where I just bought a big ass pack Mm -hmm. of paper towels and I'm just going to start cutting that shit in half. (laughs) Or now I'm going to the shower. Well, yeah, but you know, like let's call that plan B, you know, like you just have backups. So I don't want to alarm our listeners, but I heard through two credible sources. I don't know if this is going to be true because sometimes even credible sources hear rumors, and even though they're the most credible source, right? Especially they, in what this they heard t- is a rumor. Like this, so, being, especially right. But I heard from two sources today that there's there may be like a federal lockdown similar to what they did in San Francisco. Okay. Because in San Francisco, and what is, what is the um, very different that? than yeah. Well, the impact of that is that you can't leave your house unless it's for either an emergency situation mm-hmm. or to go to, like, the doctor or, the like, store, I think the right? supermarket, yeah. the grocery store. Similar to what they did in Italy. In Italy, people are not supposed to leave their houses. No. Um, so there's a rumor that they might do that. And um, so, you know, these two sources called me and they told me, listen, if this happens, you know, this may happen. Mm-hmm. So if you think it got crazy in the supermarket now, right. if that's announced, it's going to get even more crazy. So again, I don't want to start, you know. <laughs> yeah, like we're not, we're not trying to think, Did they say more or less when they thought it would happen? Like for- No, no. I, t- I took this as a grain of salt. I was like, you know what? Better to be a little bit prepared because, you know, I've tried to maintain, be level-headed in this whole situation. Right, right. So I said, let me go to Publix. Let me go to Publix. And because I went the other day, I went grocery shopping big time. Um, but I'm like, let me go today, you know, for to get a lot of perishable, non-perishable items. Right, right, right. You know, especially since, like, you know, now there's kids that are out of school, you know, like. See, they're home all day. It, it changes the game. It changes the game completely. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let me make sure that, like, you know, for Tristan, like, I get a lot of, like, mac and cheese and stuff like that, you know, non-perishable items. Right. But what the funny thing was that here I am at Publix, and, you know, the whole meat aisle is gone. It's all gone. Right? It's, it's all gone. gone. Like, it's all gone. It's except, 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 right in the middle, right in the middle, there's maybe, like, three feet. And, and you know three feet long of like meat right mm-hmm. and i'm like i got strange that in this whole enormous long aisle of meat there's like this part patch in the middle that like has meat is and it, nobody's picked it up it's liver so and, like, when I, no when i go it was like new york strip steak 
like rip ice tea. Oh, lo so mataron. It was, it was like $35, $40. I'm like, oh, okay. Ahí se va a poder. Ah, okay. Okay. Right, okay, chico, chico, you know, I don't know about you, but you know what's to be quarantined and have a New York strip steak? It's like, oh, no. <laughs> You don't want to have such a good piece of meat when you're quarantined. It's like, oh, <laughs> when you're quarantined, you want to have like you want to have like pigarillo. Actually, you know what? It's funny you say that because I am actually this weekend. I'm gonna make Seth's uh, burger beast frita recipe, but the problem is that I couldn't find uh-huh. like picadillo carne de re, so I had to get ground turkey, and I feel like that's gonna make me like dead to him. That I'm making his frita recipe with yeah. ground turkey. Yes. But you know what, Seth? It's what Listen, they had. It's what they had, okay? Seth is like, <laughs> Seth is like you know, St. Burger Beast to us. So you, you got to make him proud. No, you know what, though? Tomorrow, tomorrow on Fiddle Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, it's Fiddle Friday now. Today, <laughs> Today. since it's Fiddle Friday, eh, go to, try to go to Publix early because Publix sets shipments of meat every morning. Oh, okay. Wow, and it sells out. They do. Damn. They do, and they they have they actually have a lot of ground beef. Because the other day I went and they had a ton of ground beef. The thing is that by the time you get home, you know, from work, right, it, you know, right. well, it, I mean, it's I'm, gone. I'm, yeah, I'm, so. I'm actually one of the ones who's working from home. I've actually, you know, been working from home this entire week. Okay, so, so that, let's talk about that because that's something that our listeners are definitely Ooh. everybody's feeling that pain today, that adjustment. So my my situation is a little bit different because you know I'm self employed, so it, you know I'm not your typical like office right. worker, you know that I can work remotely. So how how has it been like for you? Ooh, child, it has been it's been interesting. Okay, again, I have in the past always had opportunities to work from home because I mean, I work, you know, I work in advertising marketing. So, you know, sometimes we travel, we have to work from remote and all yes, that. How, so, you, how you made it clear in 102 episodes. Listen, me and Amanda Woodward, um, which by the way, that's my new goal during quarantine is to rewatch all of Melrose place. But, um, <laughs> well, I've got time. Tony Rodriguez, Tony Rodriguez from Spanish Acting Presents. This will be your chance. Catch up, catch up, Tony. This will be your chance, just saying. So, you know, I, I working from home is nothing new for me, but like this extended period of time is what's different, you know, because before it was like I would travel for, you know, for, for work, right? So, okay, I'm out of the office for like a day or two. But this is like, okay, well, minimum, we know we're going to be out two weeks because that's what the company has said, and it probably is going to be longer, quite honestly. But it's like, before, you know, you would just walk over to people and be like, hey, you know, have a question or blah, blah. Now it's all through like instant messenger. So now it's all through chat. And sometimes a person's not there. And then when they come back, you know, you may not be there or you may be on a conference call. And no, but now you have to follow up on something. It's just, it's so like, it, I, I like it. I'm not going to say I don't. I like it because I love the fact that I can just roll out of bed in my underwear, sit at my kitchen table with a cup of coffee and be working. Like, this is not... And be shirtless, of course. Well, I mean, of course, that's a given. Um, right, it's you. It is me. Whereas I would probably be in a hoodie, sweatpants, you know. You know, even at home, you're probably like, like, you know. So, yeah. Well, es que también con el frío que en tu casa, you know, you would have to be in a hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just... So, but what I found um, fascinating, though, is that they had us all do a training of work to work from home. And it's just like... What is, I mean, I already did it, but it's like, what is there to train? You know, realistically speaking, it's just like you open your laptop 
you do what you got to do anyway mm-hmm. in the office, but now you're just doing it on your couch or you know or wherever. Mm-hmm. So I, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But I gotta say that's nothing compared to all you parents out there who are dealing with <laughs> the the homeschooling. Well, before we before we get to the you know um, at home school, you know, yeah. it, it's funny because like on Instagram, I'm both are. But let me tell you, Instagram and my personal Instagram, you know, everybody's been posting about working at home and all that stuff. And everybody's like complaining about it. And I'm like, be careful what you wish for. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, know what? what? It's funny we're going to be back in the office. <laughs> I've, always, I've always thought that like working at home, I think it's great. Like somebody like you or a lot of companies that like, you have the option of certain days working at home right. or if like it could be a combination, but you still have those days in the office because I think it's also healthy to step out of your environment claro. and, you know, adults, you know, yeah, unless you just work in a miserable place. Well, then, yeah, you should just look to get another job at that point. <laughs> I mean, I work, I've worked in miserable places that when I would sit in the car, like, you know, that little law firm I worked in some oh, years ago. That when I, yeah, that law firm. Yeah, when I would sit in the car, I'd like take a sigh and be like, another day. You just have to <laughs> brace yourself for it. You just kind of like, mm. <laughs> but But yeah, it's like, be careful what you wish for. Um, I don't know. I think, I think this whole working from home thing, it, I mean, it's, I feel it's like a band aid on a wound because it's like how productive i mean certain people and certain things could certainly as productive but i feel other ones are kind of like okay what are you really i get i get what you're saying but i think you know the fact that they're that i have to give it to, to certain companies right the fact that they're looking for that alternative so that people can continue to work at least and maintain mm-hmm. some semblance of normalcy i think that mm-hmm. is very important because yeah. especially if, if if what you're saying you know may come to pass does come to pass where you're just like you're literally like hey you cannot leave your house and you don't even have something to to kind of distract it because listen i love you know watching tv and movies and all that as much as the next person but at a certain point cansa you know at a certain point you're yeah. just like I, I, how many times can i watch you know x program yeah. on on netflix or whatever so it's I could do that. I I watch I watch I just watch Suits all the time because I've told you that Suits is a show that I have in the background. Like if I'm cleaning the house, I have Suits on. Well, if I'm like organizing my closet, I have Suits on. Because as I've told you and I've spoken about on the episode, I am like deathly afraid of silence. So I gotta have something on. Well, I mean, I, and then I, I find I that it, late. I have my Law and Order SVU, you know, in the background. But I, even that, after a while, I'm just like, oh my god, enough rape. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no no la violaciones. You know. but um anyway yes with um you know going back now to um all the kids that are homeschooled yeah. uh yeah it's i mean look i think that you know you're seeing a lot of memes online of people saying like oh you know um i'm homeschooling my kids and teachers deserve all the money in the world it's like yeah of course they do you know like yeah, this well, is something that we've known for quite some time you know look, that teachers are really underpaid yeah, so yeah. And I will say for those of you who are, I mean, and there may be other people doing this, but on Instagram, um, former guest and friend of the podcast, Lucy Lopez, um, her Instagram handle is at oh, yes. Lucy Lopez. She, Hi, Lucy. <laughs> she has asked <laughs> teachers 
to send her short clips of you know ways to to manage this whole homeschooling thing like you know tips and tricks and and things to help parents understand what's the best ways to approach it so if you guys have a chance you know check her out on instagram she's been posting those stories and and yeah like there's a lot of people out there i will say i mean this understatement of the year this sucks that we're all having to go through this but it is on some weird level nice to see people kind of coming together Mm-hmm. You know, it is. It's it sad is. that it took this. It's sad that we couldn't just do this, you know, on a Wednesday. Um, but you know, it, it's nice. It took a, pan- pandemic. took a pandemic. <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> no, you know the thing with children. The thing with children, because um, you know, with Tristan, I've asked all like this week. I'm like, how is he doing with the home learning? You know, right. um, how is he doing? And you know, he's been doing fine. But the thing is that concerns me about him and you know, all kids is that this is going to be going on at least a month. And these kids have no type of social interaction. And it's not like they could now go out somewhere because they can't, you know. Um, so it's going to be we're going to have to get creative on how we keep all these kids entertained yeah, especially, uh, to a certain extent. Especially because... for kids without siblings. Because, bueno, por lo menos, if, you have, you know, if, you, if you've got brothers and sisters, I mean, theoretically, at least there's another kid in the house, you know, to kind of bounce <laughs> No, off. and then Tristan, I, Tristan now is forbidden to go to my parents' house because my grandmother is there. So anyway, so let's talk about that for a little minute. So I posted today, uh, a lot of listeners probably saw it, my video of how I visited my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like, like coming up through a drive-thru. It was like a drive-thru in wartime. It was like, lo único que le faltaba a tu abuela was, you know, the little handkerchief to be waving at you from, you know, the the, the pier. I was like, me, <laughs> And then, you know, it's funny because I thought away, I'm like, I wasn't six feet away. I was like 60 feet away. I'm like, I could have gotten closer. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in that? Yeah. <laughs> But then it's funny because, you know, my grandmother's 93, so she can't really, like, you know, she can't really, like, scream. So it'd be like, me, and then, you know, she'd say something, and then my aunt would scream at me, (laughs) you know. So it was just, it was just really interesting. It was like the world's world's loudest game of telephone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oye, oíste that, um, that... (laughs) Netflix, they're asking Netflix to yes. reduce like their the, their yeah. content rate. Oh, oh yeah, it's like what I como. If now the internet breaks, <laughs> Kim Kardashian needs to stay away from Listen, the internet. Post nothing, Kim. Nothing. None of you. None yes. of you. None yes. of you. It's like what I como. Okay, uh, dealing with the pandemic and with a broken internet. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's too much to handle. That's too much to handle. No, 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 no. So it was really, it was really funny today because, um, so my office, we were open officially until today. Next week, um, we're going to be reduced. Um, we're going to take turns coming in. We're just going to be there a couple of hours because the thing is that, like, the phone rang once today. So, and you know, clients aren't coming in. I feel, you know, with my line of work, adjusters are kind of trying to figure it out too, and yeah, and all, all that stuff. So, so it's like very little movement. So, like we're gonna go. Each one of us is gonna go in every day, and we also have like um, an emergency number. Like mm-hmm. if somebody's mm-hmm. having an emergency, they can call us. Right, right. So we're all gonna take turns coming in each day for a few hours, check the mail, you know, and all that. But it's funny because today, while I was driving among, you know, the wonderful 
la ciudad de Jayalía, like, mira qué misery está todo, no hay tráfico. El hondipo, el hondipo de la 16, la 49, no es un desastre. Porque that hondipo, the one on 16 and 49, that always looks like a bomb fell there. There's like so many people in that hondipo. And I'm like, coño, there's a Lowe's down the street. <laughs> well, but Lowe's is more expensive. <laughs> right, no, pero the Lowe's, the Lowe's is in the corner. Hialeah has this like little block that I told you about that it's like magical. It has Lowe's, Target, Robex. And Applebee's. And when you go to that little corner, oh, that little that corner, corner. I know that corner. Long in Hialeah, right? Yeah. So that's by my office. So, like, today I was driving around and I'm like, oh my God, like, no hay tráfico, no hay gente por la calle. It's like, it's like another world. <laughs> <laughs> it's like another world. So, actually, you know what? On a kind of It's hard to say positive notes well, because, you know. That's what we do here, positivity. But I've read a lot, and people could see it online, that especially in Europe, um, you know, Europe has been going through this longer than we have, and mm -hmm. they did like, these travel bans and these lockdowns before we did. Um, like, for example, Venice hasn't had tourists in already a few weeks. Right. And it's, it's, you know, like nothing, no cruise ships, no tourists. And like the waters have completely cleared up. Like the pollution is gone. And um, over China, China always has like this enormous cloud of pollution over it. Like the cloud is, is virtually gone. Um, the solution was clearly so, just, you know, kill population over there, I guess, is what we were saying. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they had to get really extreme over there for the air quality to improve. I know, I know. I, you know, you know what's kind of like a little bit, I don't know, kind of like a finger in the face of society, of like world society, is that like Latin America and um, Africa, there have been cases, but they have been spared the brunt of yeah. like the coronavirus. That's true. It's, it's been more towards obviously, I don't even want to say developed countries because, you know, in Latin America, there's plenty yeah, of developed exactly. countries, yeah, yeah. but, but, but they haven't gotten the brunt of it. It's like, you know, screw you. We'll show you who's third world. <laughs> you know, it, it's like poor Africa. I feel the worst things happen in Africa. I mean, you know, they don't get like they don't get the coronavirus. They get Ebola, which you know, they can find your insides. You know, yeah, and yeah. whatever. So, I guess so. what you're saying is it could be worse. <laughs> oh my gosh! Speaking of worse, now now that we said something better. Speaking of worse, uh, today I saw this uh, report. It's actually all over the news and on on online mm -hmm. uh, that your favorite people, millennials and zillennials are partying like it's 1999 in South Beach. The, and and I, what I thought was funny was that they were defiant. They were like, oh, we don't care. We're young. And, well, and you know, we get sick, whatever. Yeah, and, the, the sentiment was just like, you know, this is my vacation. Like, it's like an inconvenience for me. It's like, yeah, I'm so sorry that, you know, a pandemic ruined your ability to get drunk on your 21st birthday, Becky. You know, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I think that the the worst thing about that is that, you know, 
over and over and over, they say on the news that the most dangerous aspect of this disease is that there's a lot of people who are asymptomatic, who are not showing symptoms, but yet those people can spread it to other people. Yeah. So it's not it's not a situation of like, oh, you know, I feel healthy. I don't have it. So I'm OK. No, you could certainly have the virus and and pass it on to somebody yeah, who's not, not going to yeah. be OK. Yeah, and I know. And you know, you're not you're 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 not talking about going to somebody's house with a few people. You're talking about these people are still in South Beach, hundreds of people together. And I mean, it's just like that that is irresponsible. You know, that is irresponsible because I, I, I give a little bit of leeway to people that, you know, have cabin fever or maybe get have like, you know, a small gathering of you know, under 10 people, let's say, you know, because they're going <laughs> or, crazy. Or, you know, or, or go on a bike ride around the block or something, you know. Like, that's one thing. Right. But it's like, yeah, let's party in spring break. Yeah, spring break, bro. Spring break 2020, bro. It's like, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, so well, I mean, we hope like we we wanted to do something funny for you guys out there, you know, to our listeners. Um, a lot of you actually have... Uh, gotten back to us or made comments like are we still going to be doing the podcast a lot of you have been like oh my god you guys make me laugh so please keep doing it we're going to keep doing the podcast i mean we did this whole skype thing again kind of to bring a little bit of humor to the matter although we obviously know that this is a very serious thing um and we're not trying to take away any of the severity of it but sometimes you need a little bit of humor to kind of get you out of no es fácil estar entre las cuatro paredes, you know, all day long. Entre las cuatro paredes. You know. So, so we wanted to do, you know, we, we kind of wanted to uh, lighten the mood. Record something that was, re, you know, in reality to what everybody's going through right now. So, yeah. you know, uh, maybe our next episode will be in Skype-wise. Maybe it's going to have to be in Skype-wise because yeah. we're not going to be able to leave our homes. But uh, but if we are, it'll probably be the regular format. But but thank you, everybody, for always listening and being such a good audience. So Absolutely. And now um, we're going to kind of toss it over to uh, the rest of the episode where we co-hosted with uh, Cubano Chris from Instagram. Super, super groovy guy. Honestly, Chris. Guano Chris is one of the most intelligent people I've come across. I mean, in a long so articulate. <laughs> he's definitely not. Yeah. I mean, although he's 24, he is definitely not one of the spring breakers we were just talking about. Um, no, no. When when I when I um after we like were chatting with him and you know he told us he was 24, I'm like, okay, there is hope. <laughs> yes. You know, I hate to sound old because but, you know I never want to be that person that is like, oh, I'm older than you and. Yeah. Those those damn whippersnappers. I never want to be that person even when I'm older. Pero a veces um, se merece decirlo. But it's like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, he, he's, he was awesome. He was great. So, so I guess this is our regu- back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yes, already in progress. <laughs> <laughs> already in progress. <laughs> so, today we have um, a special guest. Yes, a co-host. He's going to be co-hosting with us. So, yes. you guys are going to be um, listening to him and us for about the next hour um, while you listen, laugh, and learn in your hibernation. Yes. Um, a, what is it? Social distancing? In your social, your what is it? homeschooling. Self quarantine. I don't even know anymore. I don't what even it's know. Called. So, we were, so, we're glad that Guano Chris is here. Yeah, straight from Instagram in New York. <laughs> so, for the next hour, we are going to have Guano Chris. Yes. 
who is very well known in Instagram. And yes, he's straight, straight from Instagram. So it's Chris Vasquez. Um, he's a content creator. He does a lot of work on behalf of Cuba. His handle is at Cubano Chris on Instagram. He does, I think, like tours and uh, in New York. I mean, I, well, first of all, welcome. And he, welcome has, to the he show. has a great voice. He has a great voice. So, so, you know, we've pretty much invited him on here. So you would have something else better than us to listen to. So, for, for, you know, during Chris, this welcome to Better Let Me Tell You. And thank you for being our co-host so this much, week. Man. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. And I've never been complimented on my voice this much. So hopefully I live <laughs> up to it. <laughs> well, you are in a podcast. Yes. So tell, you know, tell us a little bit about, about you, your background, and you know what it is that you're passionate about. So you know, our listeners could uh, know. Yeah, so if it's cool with you guys, I'll give you my, my Cuban-American origin story. Um, well, I love comic books, and we're both Cuban, so yes, that awesome. works. Awesome, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I always like that first-issue comic book. Exactly, you know, to, of to course. Someone. Uh, so I am a third-generation Cuban-American, and even that is a little tricky because it depends on who you ask, right? I mean, you guys might think of it as second-generation. Yeah, yeah. Because, right. So it's my, my grandparents came from Cuba, all four of them, in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. They naturalized and became uh, American citizen, you know, best day of their lives, so I can't take that away from them so i say that they're the first generation and my parents first generation born in the states um yeah so first generation born but second generation cuban-american by that other definition so so by naturalization were born here both my parents were born here and they've never been to cuba i've actually been to cuba three times uh oh wow i'll get to that so through naturalization i'm third gen and through birth i'm second so it's always like tricky for people um but like I said, both my parents born here, and I grew up in Hialeah, Florida, where you guys have both spent some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so growing up, I never really thought of my cultural identity because everyone was the same thing. Yeah. We talked about this a little before yeah. the episode. Um, so it was growing up Cuban, you know, but I didn't realize it until I went to high school in the next county over, Broward, which is like, if you're from Dade, when do you go to Broward? Well, you know? it's a foreign world, really. Yeah. Really, really. I had been really. there... Unless once, you were going to the Rapids or Want to Do City, <laughs> right? Which is literally Wanna why do I went City, there right, once. Right, 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 right. Well, we were a little too old for Want to Do City, but yeah, yeah. Want to Do City was right in my sweet spot. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so then it was like, oh, I'm, I'm different. I'm these quote unquote like white kids, you know, Toyota Titans, trucks, uh, camo sweaters, country music. I'm and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm that Cuban kid from Hialeah. I'm a little different. Mm-hmm. And then I go to University of Florida, like five hours Whoa. north, um, <laughs> and that's a different world. And then the epitome of that was my move to New York and. 2017 so my whole life it's like i'm cuban i'm cuban i'm cuban and then to go bring it full circle i go to havana for the first time and it's like holy shit i'm american total reverse culture shock mm-hmm. interesting that I'm, I'm so glad you spoke about that because i think that that affects people in different ways and that's something that i have always struggled with since i was a child um i don't think you have struggled with it what but the... but being like from two different cultures like i i've actually struggled with it because no, I... because i feel that like it's hard to belong in one specific place and i had a, i had a very similar experience to you uh you know it, it's kind of a joke now among our listeners i'm always referencing that i went to law school up in michigan it comes up and and every episode I'll be like it when i was in michigan and i was there only three years but i remember that when i was in michigan i felt so different so different and i had to explain my cubanity as martha <laughs> from martha darby would say i felt i was constantly explaining my cubanity to people because First of all, a lot of people from up north don't really know about Cuba or specific, you know, specifics about Cuba. Um, 
but I was I felt I was constantly giving people history lessons. And I'm like, like, wh why? Like, I don't understand. Like, I didn't come like, from another planet. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. not an alien. Um, so I. Right, right, yeah, and um, it's it's that universal struggle. On the one hand, I feel like identity is so important for people. Kind of trying to root yourself in something, almost as a defense mechanism or coping mechanism. So that search for identity is everything. And so, you know, I'm now comfortable in my skin as a Cuban American and mm -hmm. discovering what that means. And my personal mission is to use, as you mentioned, uh, Cubanity, or I use Cubanidad in Spanish, mm -hmm. which the beauty of it is that you can't really. Either way, it to Martha people. Darby's trademarked both of them. Just saying. <laughs> oh, she did? Oh, just she saying. Did? Well, well, I'm saying she did, whether she did or she didn't. But yeah. Well, Cubanidad actually goes way back. There's been like amazing writings from Cuba on it. And yeah, Martha's great. I follow my big fat Cuban family. So um, she's, whoever she's can amazing. Bring that. We, we, uh, we've met her yeah. a couple of times already. She, she's she, our tia. She's our West she Coast tia. She feels like family. Like, awesome. like, yeah. She was the type of person that we, we had interviewed her in our first season and we immediately um, loved hit it her. Off with her. <laughs> and then when we went to LA last year, we went, met up with her and I swear to you, it was like meeting up with a, an old friend, you yeah. know? And I think that's part of Kuwani that is that, it's that cultural essence that you can't really define, but it's that calocito, de, you know, again, get cubano. It's, it's calocito, that's exactly. You, you hear it's someone calocito. speaking it's... in your acento and you're like, coño. Yeah. So no, familia. No. Oh, yeah. I used to, I mean, well, you live in New York now. Right. You're, you're up there and I lived there for a couple of years. Um, and it was that thing where it's just like when you hear that Cuban accent. Yeah. Automatically, you're just like never met you don't know who you are could be a serial killer but let's go have a cafecito exactly you know what i mean exactly. like it just, you know who that happened to me with again for people who listen to our podcast it's a repeated story so my one of my favorite shows is suits the the show the attorney show uh do you know um gina torres i don't okay so gina torres um prior to being on this show suits which again it's about like uh, attorneys and new york law firm um she was really big in the sci-fi world She's yeah. like an icon in the sci-fi world, yeah. but I'm not. I'm not into sci-fi, so I didn't know who she was. And she's um, Afro-Latina, but on the show, she's like this powerful, like a New York City attorney. They don't really talk about her background, but you assume she's just you know African American, you know. And there's an episode in like the third or fourth season where they're talking about like ordering food and she's like oh did you order ropa she goes they're, they're talking about ordering food she's like why don't we get ropa vieja from that cuban restaurant and i'm like pause i'm like the way that woman said ropa vieja she's cuban, she's cuban. i was like that wasn't she had minimum puerto rican i was like minimum i was like, like yeah. no and i looked her up and i'm like oh my gosh she's cuban wow <laughs> like, yeah. that is like, ropa you can vieja. always tell you can always tell that is funny man yeah so actually i'm glad that you brought up you know, your generation, because <clears throat> something we've again talked about here is that there's a lot of, you know, I don't want to name any particular group, but there's a lot of people that are Hispanic, Latino, whatever, that they very quickly assimilate to the U.S., which obviously there there's pros to assimilating to the U.S., you know, obviously, but that we feel that like so quickly lose their culture and don't either. Well, speak I think the, historically don't speak the case. language, but but we I find that a lot of Cubans, um, whether it's second, third generation and beyond, really keep that essence of Cubanity of you know Cubanity again. Like look at you, you know, you're. Do you speak Spanish? I do. Yeah, it was you're, my first you're, language actually. You're you're th oh, there. You go. You're third generation and you speak Spanish. Well, what would you say that is? That like for example, my grandparents they viewed the move to Miami from Havana as temporary. Cuando todo eso sacaba, you know, when that blows over, we'll go back. Um, they weren't trying to be like, okay, we're 
American now and let's figure out what we got to do here to be American. But my parents, they were that Que Pasa USA generation mm -hmm. where it, they're growing up in Miami in the 80s. They're both class of 84 in high school. So in the house, it's 1950 Savannah and they're living in Cuba. And in school, it's Miami in the 80s. And you got the 80s hair and the music, drugs, <laughs> what have you. <laughs> Lots Pero, of cocaine. It was yeah. the 80s. Yeah. And, and so they were caught between two worlds. But me, growing up in Hialeah, when I grew up, I'm 24, by the way, for you guys that don't know, um, it was everybody around me was the same. We had chickens in the backyard, and that was just yeah. how it was. That's normal. Yeah. I didn't have no dogs growing up. I had chickens. You still have chickens in your parents' house. I still have chickens house. in my parents' house. I feel like we've referenced Martha more on this episode than when she's actually been on the show. Um, she mentioned when she was here you know, visiting this whole phenomenon of like retro-culturation, which I don't know if you're familiar with that I'm term. Not. I'm familiar with it from a marketing perspective, which is to say that kind of what you were seeing, uh, Darian, which is you know, before it was like, no, 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 assimilate, assimilate, assimilate. And now it's, you know, I, I would say your generation and younger or even you know, a little older, but it's about re-embracing that that culture that may have been lost. And so, well, from a Cuban perspective, I don't think that that ever happened necessarily. I mean, obviously, as generations continue, you're going to have that diminishing impact just by virtue of where you're at. But a lot of Hispanics are now really turning back to the, the culture of their grandparents or great-grandparents, etc., and sort of saying like, no, 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 this is who I am and this is where I come from. So it's a really long-winded way of getting around to saying, is that something that, Obviously, you grew up always embracing it, but that you're seeing around you and that kind of led you to lead this, this, I don't want to say you're leading the charge, but kind of start doing what you do on Instagram with, you know, educating people about like the other day you posted something about, uh, you know, Cienfuegos and about policies and things like that, really using that social media platform to educate younger and even older generations like let's be honest people be stupid yeah. um yeah you know like yeah well, I, mean, I am i am part of this younger generation but i grew up based like the mentality that was imparted onto me was that of the old generation because mm -hmm. my it's not like my parents had come in the 80s from cuba and something like it wasn't it was the old guard and descendants of the old guard so that's why i say my parents have never been to cuba i've been to cuba three times strictly for humanitarian work and so yeah like for example to me, Camilo Cienfuegos, if I, all I knew about him was, oh, he had something to do with the revolution, I think evil. Communist, evil, don't even mention it. But right. then when you read between the lines and you dig deeper and you learn a little bit more, oh, wait, this guy thought differently. Oh, wait, you know, he, he may have not been with the way that the trajectory was after um, the mm -hmm. immediate 1959. What was happening before 1959? Did Cuba need this revolution? You know, was everybody involved bad? And obviously, no, there's, there's shades of gray, there's nuance, and that's why my mission... Really what hurts me is just the division between our community. Not, not only is it a very bifurcated community at a certain point in time, 1959, and so this is a different topic, but I look at Havana today, Havana 2019, as the modern iteration of, of Cuban. And Miami, I see as the modern version of Havana 1957. Totally different from Havana 2019. That's fair. In both places, they say I'm Cuban, and they mean something totally different. And that's why I think language is important, and I, I make a point to say... I'm Cuban-American. Although, yes, I'm, I'm Cuban. But we have to make that distinction because if you don't have context into both sides, which I think is very common, mm -hmm. um, you won't realize how different they are. Um, so I kind of lost my train of thought. I forgot where I was going well, with that. No, 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 no. actually. But, but, yeah, because it's two people. It, it's, it's one people that are really two people because people now in Cuba are people that were born into that system. Right. Yes. And their parents were born into that system. Yes. So that, you know, that system completely redefined 
for worse, uh, the culture, the Cuban experience from culture to your everyday living. Whereas the old guard, as you would say, is based on a pre pre revolution culture and identity that has been then now handed down to exactly. It just doesn't exist on the island. And I remember that, that, that point I was on was really just about, I always come back to that because it's, that's my, what hurts me the most is the division between our community not only within the Cuban American community, but also lar- on a larger scale between Cubans and Cuban Americans, and I have this idea that I think todos somos cubanos, and so cubanidad is really just focusing on the things that unite us and not the things that separate us. It's that essence of our culture. Um, in the most extreme example, one of my recent posts was the people celebrating in Miami when Castro died, and the people mourning his death and crying like actual, real, sincere tears mm-hmm. in Havana when he died. Cubanidad is what can bring these people together. And that's really what I want to see more. That's everything like the that has goal to do, of, of what you're yes, doing. And everything that has to do with Cuba is naturally political. But to be honest with you, I don't like the politics. I don't like that, that element of it. Right, you know, right. I just want the community. The community is so important to me. Empathy is the key. Uh, mutual yeah. understanding like that is you, you have to respect where people are coming from right. and honor everybody's experiences. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, my grandmother had the same experience. They, they showed up at her doorstep. They said, look, this, this house is ours now. And mm-hmm. she's like, over my dead body, it's yours. And then she yeah. ended up coming over here. And it is trauma. It's, it's trauma and it's generations of trauma that need reconciliation. And Guanidad can form the foundation yeah. for that reconciliation. So That's my thesis. So, I may be wrong. So... <laughs> I want to now shift a little bit of the conversation. And this was actually one of the main reasons why I wanted you to co-host and I wanted to have a conversation with you about. Uh, because you're you're millennial. You're a millennial, I, are yeah, you? I, I think I'm, I technically fall in the next one. He he is doing everything in his power to like not get everybody to hate him by saying he's a millennial. He's, he's <laughs> you like, know why? Because well, when did the millennials end? I was born in 95. No, the so reason I say that is because we're technically not millennials, but we're in the cusp like of almost z- being – like we're like right in the – cut of being millennials yeah. but we don't identify with millennials whatsoever but i feel like uh, you guys are millennials how old are you guys w- not we will say it off air <laughs> let's just say that we were born right when the cut let's off say happened. We, we're right. old enough to remember 95 the, the 95 <laughs> when he was born and the 80s when your parents right w- but anyway got anyway it, got it. um so this a co- uh, couple of weeks ago or whenever for the sake of the podcast, I'm a millennial. <laughs> um, well, but even if you're, what's the next generation? Z? Z. Would be right. nice but it, it proves my point even further. A couple of weeks ago, we had the whole Bernie Sanders thing saying that not all things were bad in Cuba. Um, you know, the literacy program and all that. And I made it very vocal on the podcast how I felt about that. And I find th- just throughout time that in this day... 2020 there's still people specifically to the castro regime there's still people who either are completely like have no clue of what goes has gone on there or in a way defend it because when i start hearing people say well yeah yeah life is tough there but they have free health care and you know free education i'm like stop like stop How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I think we can all agree, most of society, that somebody like Hitler was a murderer, was, you know, Satan on earth. Uh, killed six million Jews. I think we could all say, say the same thing about Mussolini. We could say the same thing. Stalin. Uh, Stalin, the Chichenescos in Romania, and we could go on and on and on on different historical figures. Why do you think that here it is in 2020 that there are still people that don't know or don't understand that Fidel Castro belongs in that category and that he is obviously a murderous dictator and that he, you know, did what he did to Cuba. Why do you think that again, especially for the younger generation, there's, this is still up for debate because nobody's debating whether Hitler was a good guy. Right. But yet for Castro, we're still having this conversation. Right. I, Should we put yeah. this on TikTok? is basically <laughs> what we're asking. You know, we're still having this conversation. That's super interesting. Cause I, I actually haven't explored that too much in the sense that you're right. He's, a more controversial in the sense that the only thing people will say about Hitler that's anywhere near good is to say the guy was super smart to be able to manipulate mm -hmm. an entire country. Mm -hmm. But there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he was an evil guy. But there's some people that are really apologists for the regime. That another, Otherwise, you'd think, oh, this is a decent, smart guy. How could he think this? For the Castro regime. For the saying. Castro regime, exactly. Yeah. So um, I think history is written by the winners. And if you look, you have a system that's persisted in Cuba for 60 years. He didn't fall. He died peacefully in his bed of old age. Um, so they've been writing their own underdog story throughout these 60 years. And I think that that and painting the U.S. as the big bad aggressor when I don't this is a different topic. I don't think our restrictive policies are doing Cuba any favor, but they they're where they are because of a product of the failures of their own system. And Castro was an evil guy. I mean, like people I, I feel like this is not a widely known thing, but, you know, the the concentration camps basically that existed in Encampo yeah. in Cuba right. and in the early days of the revolution I mean Castro was portrayed as like a, almost like a Christ figure there were reports that he was dead and then oh no there's a legend he's alive in the mountains and mm -hmm. so kind of like this guy couldn't be beat you know and that he was in on this noble quest to free Cuba not only from its own dictatorship but from the grasp of the United States and these narratives are powerful and I think that they've they've persisted because the regime has not ended Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just That's fair. I, I've I've especially in this day and age. Well, for a while now, that information is so easily to obtain. 
I, I've just always had a hard time really grasping, and, I, and I've tried to see this from an unbiased position, why there's so many people who just don't know. Like, either they don't know or still defend him. Yeah, but what have I always told you? The more information we have, the dumber people get. Because now they don't actually yeah, yeah, but, 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 they, they don't actually but, but have like to for example, anything. for example, when again on when this whole Bernie Sanders, you know, I I I posted something on Instagram and on our page and I purposely <laughs> hashtag Bernie Sanders. Because I knew that was gonna get the attention of the Bernie bros. Right. And it worked. And it just people going in there defending like oh you know um literacy education um the healthcare people live better you know cuba was a dictatorship before you know batista was a dictator do you know do you get mad is your is your reaction to get mad at that or do you look at it as maybe this person has no context (laughs) i do get mad and i'm gonna tell you why because i got mad because i strive in being an informed person i either try to learn about other things that obviously I don't know about, or at the minimum, if I don't know about it, I'm not gonna give like a concrete opinion on it. That's how I am. If I don't know about, like I will talk to you about Cuba and I will talk to you almost about nothing else because I don't know other things that well. <laughs> I kind of stay in my lane of what I know. Um, but I, you, so you we're a co-host, you know. <laughs> you gotta think people- I don't know, is he gonna know about other topics? <laughs> I, I, I'll throw some stuff in there, but I'll, I'll really ask, like I asked you that question, cause I'm like, you know, I. My natural reaction may be to get mad, but when I think, you know, this person is is citing facts that on paper they sound good. And and so if they genuinely don't have that context, maybe the onus is on them for not going and informing themselves properly. Um, But if you come at it with empathy, I feel like it's easier to just not get pissed. But I think the problem with that is many times and actually in recent years, again, people have more information at their fingertips and it doesn't seem that way because you come back at them with something like either – a, a an accurate representation or a fact or a statistic or whatever or a personal anecdote you know what i mean where it's just like listen this happened i lived to through me, it you know, blah, right, blah. right and they'll come back and be like you know oh well you know just because it happened to you doesn't mean it's like it's just one of those things where it's just like okay you know what and don't say yeah you know what right. i mean you don't you're not you are not open that, to that other side either like, i that's a pet peeve of mine if you're not open to i'm i want to change my mind on everything if i get new data you know, um, so I, I that's definitely a, a pet peeve of mine for sure. People like either again are willfully ignorant on it or just don't care. They just that was my ag- my angle with the Camilo Sanfuegos. I was like, let's make Camilo famous because he's a figure that people can get behind. And yeah. he's with the revolution. So it's a way to bring the old guard in, too. But yeah, when, when somebody tells you, look, the limited narrative on, on cha- here's here's why I'm wearing the shirt, because fight the power. You don't think like, oh, this guy's a terrible person. You know, you just think, pobre. You know, he, he doesn't know what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's kind of how I've come to look at it. Yeah, but we've, we've said this several times where it's just like, if you're going to wear something that blatantly. Then you should know what it's about. Know what it I is. Agree. I completely that's agree. That's like, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, this happened to me at Cirque du Soleil a couple, a couple months back where there was a guy there, you know, wearing some uh, high end, probably like a Fendi shirt or whatever. And it had Karl Lagerfeld on it. And I. Told him, I'm like, oh, I really like your shirt. That's Carl Lagerfeld, right? And he looked at me. He's like, I don't, who is that? What is that? I'm like, I know that shirt wasn't cheap because that was a yeah. Fendi shirt. Right, right. And you don't know who that, you know, you don't know what it is you're wearing. Like, that's the biggest, that's the bigger crux of the the problem I have with that is like, coño, me favor. Yeah. Something comforting for you guys, and this goes back to the whole thing of Fidel, is that sometimes the truth 
the truth always comes to light, but sometimes it may take a while. We only, I feel like we only recently started being like, why are we celebrating Columbus Day? That guy just slaughtered Indians, you know, yeah. or Native Americans. Um, and I, there's people out there that hate Martin Luther King. And you think, how do you hate Martin Luther King? Racist. No, no. It's because <laughs> it's known that he cheated on his wife. And that's what's very important to these people. Um, oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah. And so, you know, he okay, did all. But if I were to put that on a scale, you know, <laughs> I know I, you know, infidelity and you know, people have their values. The other things he did. It's I the mean, empathy. People yeah. have their values. If and she I'm could get over it. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, is the Me Too movement gonna go after Martin Luther King? <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's it's it. not Me Too. It's not that's Me Too. But that's what they value, you know. And um, to put a bow on the Bernie thing, because I I think you wanted to ask me about it, because I I wrote I wrote about it. But I I basically said, look, he has a sort of a, a history where he's conflicted, uh, he's contradicted himself a number of times on whether he thinks Fidel Castro was great or not, or condemns authoritarianism, whatever he said. Um, and so you can kind of play that either way, but it's really a moot point because you're talking about someone's personal opinion on another person. So you can't really say that. What you can do is assess objectively the merits of the Cuban revolution, which are inherently flawed. And then that's what I, what I wrote about. And that's what you're saying people should be educated on, which is like, look, literacy rates in Cuba before the revolution, 80% literate. And that was number four in Latin America on par with Chile and Costa Rica. And now all three of these countries have nearly 100% literacy, but Chile economically is one of the most successful countries in Latin America. So at what cost, you know, and not to mention obviously the human rights abuses, which you can't just put it in a box, which I think he's is what Bernie tried to do. And it's like, no, look, it's it's all part of a comprehensive story that we're telling you wouldn't do it with anybody else. That's right. to Darius' point. Exactly. You, you wouldn't exactly. just, you wouldn't be like, you know, well, I mean, Saddam Hussein, fine, slaughtered people, but, no, but, that's like, but we, wow, we, they we all said, had I oil. Here, like, I said that here uh, on the episode, we talked about it. I said, well, it's not like people nowadays say, well, you know, Hitler and the Nazis invented the Autobahn, right. which in essence is a highway system. Tremendo atito. You know, uh, so, you know, Hitler wasn't all bad. I mean, I, I feel that when you're talking about people of that caliber, you can't celebrate them. Right. Um, I mean, you can maybe mention, yes, this did this did happen while they were in power. But then even look at what the things that they're mentioning that did happen you know, with the with the Im- improvement in literacy. Like, yeah. that is what's... So that's what I'm saying. Like, because even that, that is flawed. flawed. Exactly. Not according exactly. to somebody who that commented on our post. And, and, but... and, what, and what I really, like, took extra offense, and now I took offense as a Cuban. I was like, are you saying that Cuba was una isla de analfabeto before, like, Castro came to power, that, you know, everybody was, like, couldn't read and write? I mean, because when he said that, oh, you know, he taught Cubans how to read and write, it's like, no, he didn't. Like, Cubans knew how to read and write before that, and Havana was, like, a huge cosmopolitan city, you know? So, you know, the It was the Paris of the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah. So... Sorry, I... You know what I mean? Paris um, <laughs> of Latin America. Yeah. It's just, I, I feel that, I mean, maybe you're right. As you say that, like, history is becoming more woke. Maybe his, you know, his stock will go down. <laughs> like, well, sure as hell can't go up. <laughs> <laughs> because sure, I feel I feel that, you know, we, again, 60-some years, 61 years after the revolution. About 61, yeah. Uh, and we're still having this conversation on how some people defend the guy. Well, talking about stocks. Mm-hmm. What about that little virus that's going around right now? <laughs> As May I have said, heard of it. 
episode one or two, our second coronavirus episode. So how are our listeners in hibernation? Yeah. How are in hibernation? Yeah, no, that's yeah, what I want to call it. Hibernation. That hibernation. Which is actually also the new name that um, is going to be going around in Hialeah. Quarantina. 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 Quarantinasis. Has everybody eaten yes. their, their snacks? Yep. Well, okay, so you managed to be down here. I you're did, you're I in did. New York right now. I'm based out of New York, and yeah. You're, you're based out of New York, and you happen to be down here. So how, were you experiencing it at all when you were – before you came down here up in New York? Like was there still – was there any like beginnings of – A little bit, mania? yeah. I don't know what to call it. As the, I put sanitizer on my hands. <laughs> yes. I think the nature of New York is just – it, it kind of lends itself to that, right? You have a lot of people in close quarters. There, I guess there were a little bit less people out in the streets, but – Everything was sort of running according to plan. There were some rumors that they were going to shut down the subway, and that would be a nightmare for people. Well, the L so. train hasn't run for four years anyway. Yeah, that thing is still still I mean, not running appropriately. It's, it never will. Is the subway still running, though? <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. They didn't do that. I mean, that would be a nightmare. But there there are rumors, again, well, apparently Cuomo, the governor, is not a fan of it. But de Blasio, the mayor, wants to do a shelter-in-place order, which basically means don't leave your house unless it's absolutely essential. Yeah, no, I have friends who still live up there, and I was talking to them just you know this week, and one of them, one of them's a teacher, so he's staying home. And also, let's take a moment to give a massive you know thank you to all the teachers because all I'm hearing from my friends who have kids is, how the hell do you teachers do this day in day out? Mm-hmm. Because all parents are like now they're you know homeschooling and. Right. They're all. I think they're all gonna start make like doing una colecta so that teachers now make a billion dollars a year just based on this because mm-hmm. it's in craziness. Yeah. But um. Yeah. No. My friend was was you know jumping on the subway. His his husband works in the city, and he's like, it was eerie because it was just like twenty people, whereas before it was like you know seventy people. In the, I mean, we're talking rush hour time. You know, like right, in right. the morning, and he's just like, and everybody's just like social distancing you're six feet apart which you know obviously well you know the subway it's like sometimes you just actually if you walk into a train and there is quote-unquote social distancing you don't get in that train because that just means that's a really smelly homeless person yes yes no la gente se te tiran arriba on the trains yeah so i mean it's it's crazy um so why the toilet paper that's something we're 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 still trying to figure out why are people like obsessed with toilet paper? what i've heard is it's a comfort thing but it, it, it's a comfort thing. It's a comfort thing. If I have toilet paper, I'm good. I think it's because you know you might have to be quarantined for a while, and at least I, you I, I will say okay, I am down to one roll, and I am freaking out. <laughs> okay, I think coming from a place that you know, getting a hurricane here is like I don't know, like Tuesday. It's like oh, it's a hurricane coming. So I guess we're more used. No, pero to... la gente, you know, they, people freak out here. No, people too. freak out here. No, 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 people. That's something that we laugh about too. Um, but. What I was saying is that even when hurricanes come here, you know, that they could blow away Publix or whatever, people don't go crazy over toilet paper. No. Like, I, what what I want to know is, like, with this specific scare, why toilet paper? It's not like coronavirus gives you the run. It's like, it, it, it like, I think it's like a prophecy that sort of reinforces itself. Like, the more people are saying... Toilet paper, then it's just like a scarcity thing where people are like, oh, man, I, yeah. I don't, I don't need toilet need paper, it. but I'm going to get some toilet paper. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. Or you could wind up being like that douche who was just covered in the New York Times. Did you see that? That he had hoarded like 17,000. Uh, and Amazon stopped him. On, on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Did Jesus. you see this? No, um, I didn't. So but... he, actually, he actually has an Amazon store. So, I mean, historically what he does is when he sees – it's all about context, right? When he sees that there's an item that's like the hot new item, what he will do is like let's say way back when Tickle Me Elmo. That type of thing. He'd go out to the store, he'd buy them, and then he'd resell them on his Amazon on his Amazon store. Right. With a markup. But again, up until now, it's basically been like items that are hot items, right? Well, guess what the hot item is now? Purell. Yeah. So he went out and he bought a bunch of Purell and antibacterials and things like that. 
17,000 17, bottles. 17,000 bottles. And he was selling them for, what, $75? Ooh, ridiculous amounts. Yeah, that's so, crazy. So Amazon... So And then they featured him in the New York Times, which I still don't understand why. In a they, positive like, way? Hell no. Uh, yeah. Well, the guy started getting... Which, again, just shows why we can't have... Los dos extremo, right? He started getting death threats. And he started, you know, like, just that whole extreme of, like, yeah. you know, I'm going to kill you for your Purell. Um, and so now he's actually being investigated by by where he lives. I think he's in Connecticut. He's being investigated for price gouging. Um, but what he did do is he turned around and he started donating all this stuff now to, like, local churches and charities and things like that. Because... Maybe the pressure just got to him. But not just that. What are you going to do? First of all, okay, yeah, let's say even if you're selling it, eventually, like, Amazon right now, Amazon is only sending out priority items, like medicine and groceries, through Amazon Direct. Everybody else has been deprioritized. So guess what? Even somebody's willing to pay $1,000 for that bottle of Purell, it's not going out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're stuck. So he messed up the whole supply chain by doing that, basically. I mean, he really did. And again, it's just like, coño, caballero, like, in this, in this type of bullshit, you know what? Stop being well, greedy. A lot yeah, like, don't leverage other people's pain. From yeah. what I heard, a lot of supermarkets or stores are now putting a limit on certain essentials that you could only yeah. buy, it like, three per person. That's what they whatever. want. They say, buy what you need and yeah. no more. So Meanwhile, my mom at Tan La Tienda, like, two 20-pound bags of rice in my house. I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> because we're Cuban, you need rice. Yeah. Listen, it has to happen. Bermuda Sedanos just today announced that they're doing a, the early morning hour that I think it's from like 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., which is a supermarket down here in South Florida, just for the elderly. That's awesome. So they're, you know, people are really, and I feel that was a social media thing mm-hmm. that people just really started saying, like, hey guys, we you should know, do this Sedanos for the elderly. is like and really big on social media. Do we feel this is hyped up? Do we feel this is legit? Like, are we in the right place? Uh, are are we handling this correctly? Like, what do we really think about this whole coronavirus thing? Like, because there's still people who think it's like we're overreacting. There's a church. There's a, that that church that hosted Trump out here in Kendall. That they're like, oh, you know, God wants us to still congregate. This is all you know, falsities and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? Y'all can get together. I'll lock the door behind you and have at it. Yeah, I think there's so much that we don't know. The way that it spreads exponentially. Um, it's already mutated once, so that's a factor. Um, so there's just there's just so many unknowns, and I, I think we're we're right to t- take precautions because mm-hmm. this is not a human virus that we have any natural immunity to. This mm-hmm. came from some animal that ate another animal that somebody then bought and ate in Wuhan, mm-hmm. and that's how I you know started. And so culturally, we don't have the capability to do to handle this the way China did, which is they basically said no. Every like they use they leverage their authoritarian system. Um, that wouldn't really fly here. It's, but, you know, we are trying to take uh, these precautions. And even just look at New York, the outbreak. It's already up to 1,000 cases in, in the city. I think a lot of people may, may not be taking it seriously because of the mortality rate. Right. Uh, it does not have a high mortality rate, thank God. So far. Um, well, but, I mean, for, for a pandemic uh, of its size that it's already pretty much touched every corner of the earth, it doesn't have a high mortality rate. Because even in China or in Europe, uh, I mean, the numbers are skyrocketing. But though. what was the mortality of H1N1? Oh, I'm not sure. Well, I feel like it was I, – I could be wrong, too, but I, I thought it was up. even less. I think this one has about between a 3 and a 4% mortality rate. But you think with all the struggle that they're having testing people, there are so many unconfirmed cases exactly. that the mortality rate is probably that much lower. So um, it had it infected nearly 61 million people in the U.S. alone, and it had 12,469 deaths. H1N1? Yeah. So compared – so this is 
high, a very high mortality rate compared to that. Right. But again, this is with hindsight. Right. That's another thing is, you know, you have to look at it. You can't compare the numbers of something once it's been cor- you know, corralled or, or contained versus when something is just starting. Because if you look at the numbers, when something is going from zero to 60, it's always going to be like ridiculously high. Too. Because, I mean, I remember obviously when that happened, when the swine flu happened, SARS. Remember SARS? Mm-hmm. Um, Ebola. Well, but Ebola, oh. e- Ebola was contained to Africa. Um, yeah, Ebola was a, came and went super yeah, quick. Yeah, in, in Africa. And it wiped out a, a lot of people because that, I mean, that is, I don't know what the mortality rate was, but it was very high. I yeah. mean, if you got that, the chances of you making it. You were done. You were done. And I think that that may be one of the reasons why a lot of people aren't taking it seriously. They just think it's the flu. You got a bad cough and, you know. Yeah. Stay home, don't go out, and and you'll be fine. But it really takes a toll on your lungs, and if you're mm-hmm. immune deficient or anything like that, then if you're compromised in your immune system, then it, it could be. What really actually fatal scares for you. me the most? Well, there's two things that scare me. There's an economic impact, which we could talk in a minute. But in terms of the actual illness, what scares me the most, which is what actually scares a lot of people, is the fact that you know there's so many people that are asymptomatic, and those are those are the people. I mean, we could have it for all we know. Although we're asymptomatic, we we don't show any symptoms at this moment, and we could give it to somebody else. You know, I see um, what you're saying. So that that's like I I think that's the the worrisome part because from what I read, um, it could be incubated for up to 14 days. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. it's not like well, oh, you came into contact with it yesterday and 24 hours later yeah. you. Well, they you also know. don't still know exactly how long it can live on surfaces either. So yeah. that's another thing. It's funny. I was talking to my father today, and I was just like, "No, I, I felt like I was the parent. I was like, "No vayan a salir sin necesidad. Stay home. No vayan." I mean, my parents are in their sixties. Yeah. So then my dad. I mean, they're healthy. My parents go to the gym. They do. You know, my dad does taekwondo. But it's one of those things where he's just like, "No, but I'm gonna go out for ice cream." I'm like, "Just Uber eats it. Like, I'll send it to you." Like, and it's not even so much because of my parents. I mean, if God forbid they get it, I have a feeling they'll be okay in the long run. But it's then my grandmother. Right. Because my, my grandmother lives, again, she's almost hermetically sealed in her house. Like, she never leaves. It's her, la señora que la cuida. But my mother goes and does everything Mine's for her. the same situation. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, if my mother, again, asymptomatic. What if my mother gets it? And you know what? Nah, I don't got the no and it's no big yeah. deal. Yeah. But she goes, you know, to take something as innocent as the groceries, you know, yeah. to my grandmother. And now we've got a situation. Yeah, I'm not even visiting my abuela when I'm down here, just yeah. just in case. I'm vis- I visited her today from, from the car. <laughs> she was at the doorway, and I was at the car, and I'm like, Mima! <laughs> as long as you were more than six feet away, you're good. I was like 30 feet away. But that's a problem for us Cubans. Yeah, we, I, know. Uh, we, I know. I know. We can't do away. it. We can't do and nothing. You can't even share a cafe. Uh, where, where are you guys' families from? Well, my family is from what my mom <laughs> says the shithole of Earth, which is a... <laughs> Small, 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 small town. Population five thousand, Carlos Roja, but it was in La Provincia de Matanza. Got it. And Got it was it. it wasn't too far from Matanza, the the, the capital, right. the city. Right. And um, they were, as my mom would say, the only reason why we didn't kill ourselves were because they were, I think, like a half hour drive uh, to Baradero. Right. So the beach was very. So close. you see, not everybody had this luxurious. 
old life in Cuba, no, but they love no, it. No, you know? not at all. Not at all. Because a lot of, and this happens all the time, a lot of people, like, we joke, there's this lady that works with me um, that she jokes around that she says, do you notice that everybody from Cuba is from Havana? She's like, in Havana, they must have a lot of really high skyscrapers. The response is, de que piso. Right. Because everybody's from Havana. Yeah. She's like, I'm not from Havana. I'm from Oriente. Um, and no, my parents are from a very small town that they were like, some houses had dirt floors. Yeah. Like, they, they're... They grew up with very, very modest, you know, um, like very modest. I think my parents lived in a in a wooden house until like the 60s. Encantado de la vida. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about Encantado de la vida if you hear his mother tell the stories, yeah. but yeah, they were yeah. they were good. B bottom line, Twitter is, is unforgiving. Twitter is just, Twitter and Reddit. I, I don't know. I, I People go there by a porque le gusta fajar. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. where they Se go. Meter that, con la gente uh -huh. and that, that's what it is. Gana hold in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we were on, I mean, I guess we still are on Twitter. We're still there. I mean, it's just for, I guess, informational purposes. Uh, here's our new episode. Actually, you know why we're still on Twitter? We're on Twitter because I didn't want anybody to take our name. Okay, well, that's a pretty good reason. <laughs> I was like, screw this. I think I even signed us up for Google Hangouts. I was like, <laughs> screw it. I want, nobody's taking our name. So how does a Miami boy from Miami Lakes high, like um, a New York? Like, uh, been up there now? I, 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 there's good days and there's bad days. Um, this is my third year. The first year I was in Hoboken, across the river. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, Hoboken was nice. I like Hoboken. It was nice. It's Jersey. It's I Jersey. It's not bad. Yeah, that there's that narrative out there, but I mean, I don't know. It was nice compared to New York. I mean, you get so you're get there's a there's a very high price floor that you're gonna pay a lot but it's what how much bang you get for that book and in new york it's a lot less than it is in jersey depends where you live you where know did, this you saw my well, you apartments were, you in, were queens. in queens yeah but you were yeah. in queens but you were in queens that's what i'm saying i was in queens i was only a subway away well so i mean was hoboken. So hoboken i mean hoboken I is on the other side of where you but were, it's not a of. borough Oh, okay. It's not a burrow. Okay, Mr. New York Gino. Um, anyway, it's good like and bad. I love nature. I love grass. Um, I literally I literally came back and I was so happy to see Miami grass. You posted that the other I day. I posted that. And did you guys do did how did how did you feel about it? <laughs> well, I mean, as somebody whose, you know, father has like a botanical garden in the backyard. You know, my mind went to, to the plant nurseries. <laughs> oh, oh, well, no, that's where he gets them. Um, but oh, no, it, I mean, yeah, you miss it. But then I, my second apartment, actually, I had a backyard Yeah. in New York. So, I mean. That's pretty awesome. The only was, thing Miami nice. is missing to me is like una montaña. Because if you want nature, you got the Everglades. If you want like a, a low-key vibe, a you go to Key Biscayne. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> Tropical Park has... Or, or you go to a landfill, basically. Exactly. So let me ask you this, because this is something we always, well, I struggled with for, for a bit. Did you always appreciate Miami? Do you appreciate it now more that, you, that you're gone? Did you ever go like back and forth? Because I know I went through a phase, and I think a lot of people go through that phase, that I hated Miami. I was over Miami. I'm like, ugh. I'm just sick of it. And now I'm like, you know, Mr. Miami. Like, I'm Mr. 305. Yeah. Like. Gotta, that's so common. But I got to tell you, I, maybe it's the lens that I've looked at it. Maybe it's because I did not like New York. Like, first winter, freezing my ass off. It was, you know, um, and the whole concrete jungle. Like, I like being outdoors. But I had always had that appreciation that the first time I left, number one, I didn't really get, like, the whole experience of, like, going out of Miami because I was in college. That's when I turned 21 and stuff. And then the college 
directo para pa New York, basically. Where do you go to school? Um, University of Florida. Okay. And that's the thing. Like, I read that look, Gainesville. Even, yeah, even when I was at University of Florida, the Gators, I got so much shit from all my friends because I was like, no, hometown, I'm a Canes fan. Like, Whoa, yeah. you were brave. Bro, <laughs> I, I got prepaid and bright futures, so I'm not going to go to top eight public university. I'm not going to make a dumb decision. I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, don't fault me for not going to of UN. Um, pero, you know, I was a hometown guy, so I was always, like, Canes fan. And um, so it didn't jive too well out there. But then even in New York, too, it's like, no, I feel like everyone in New York is not from New York. Miami is like has like that feel like I, it's it's like the culture. It's a it's a part. It's a you know because and you guys get this like you're too Cuban for the Americans. You're too American for the Cubans. But like Hialeah was that sweet spot where I just felt home. Um, so I've I have to say I've always appreciated Miami. And maybe it's because I have looked at it from that lens of like screw New York that I've been like no there is opportunity in Miami because yeah. that's what people say is like yeah. you know everybody and that there's no opportunity. Yeah. But I'm like no it's changing. It's there's funny because people and no offense to New York I actually love New York I. I grew up going to New York because we had family in New York, so I'm very familiar with New York, and, and I love New York. But people have un peo atravesado in New York that it's like, oh, my God, I want to go move to New York. And I'm like, do you know what that really means? Yeah. You yeah. used to have it. You I used to have it. it. I'm but like, I, I love New York. I, I know. You do I, love New York. I but go back. And, but, and well, look, but, I'm there for love because you might be asking yourself, why are you even there? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, wait, it doesn't sound like I, he's very happy. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, I, I make the best of everything, and, you know, I'm good now. I'm doing my thing. But, yeah, my I, I've been with my girlfriend for a very long time and um no she was uh, she was like after you graduate college like yeah we'll move in together but i don't want to go she, home is she from new york or no she's from weston here i met her in high school oh yeah okay. so she came down for high school i went up and then we've been dating for like nine years oh wow uh yeah what industry does she work in she's a nurse so she is fighting the coronavirus right now <laughs> on her floor so shout out to teachers but also nurses absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. all healthcare professionals yeah yes um so then she's like look you know like we'll set up for me, it's very important to, like, when I have kids, I, I create with my abuelos, you know? So I want my kids to be very close with my, my parents. Um, so she's like, yeah, we'll settle down in Miami, but I want to spend my 20s living in different places. Now okay, she's a, that's a she, good compromise. She's already wanting to leave that's and good. go to California next, so we have to see. But I was like, okay, I'll give you 20 through 30 if I get 30 through 100. That's a great deal oh, that, for me. That, that, no, no. That works no, out. No, that's good. And, no, and, and listen, you do live somewhere else. You do get a, get a different perspective. Because, and I don't regret it, of course. Yeah, like, it's a yeah. different perspective. But, again, to New York, and New York is the greatest city in the world. I'm not knocking New York. You know, I'm a huge New York Yankees fan. But, like, New York, it's, like, super expensive. If you want, like, a decent apartment, you either have to make a lot of money or you have to have four or five roommates. And to me, the idea of a roommate is a foreign one. That's yeah. That's an American thing. That yeah. you have roommates. I'm like, yeah. Cubans don't have roommates. <laughs> like, yeah. um, well, why do you think I lived in Queens? Or, you know, but to all due respect, when people think of living in New York, they think of living in Manhattan. Not oh, Queens. no, no, of course. But listen, I had all the but listen, <laughs> and, and, I had all the perks of New and York listen, and none of the downsides. Listen, and I think your your second apartment in Queens was like great. That that was bigger than an apartment here, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but I think that that's not also always you also went at a different stage in your life and, and all that. So you already went kind of established. That's true. I mean, I went in my 30s and I was already up at a certain level in my career. Right. Where, you know, again, it's not like I was making, you know, millions. What but, were you doing back then? So I, I, I work in marketing. 
Okay. So I was, again, there was just a lot of perks. I worked for the agency, uh, on the agency side, uh, ad agencies. And so it was like, you know, I was making decent money. And you made a calculated move. You made, you had a job. Right. I went up there with a job. I, had, I was making decent money. And on top of that, because of the nature of, of my industry, there was a lot of perks. So you were going into the city, though, yeah. from, from Oh, yeah, place. yeah. But also, like, literally, the subway that I would take in would drop me off, like, in my office. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like, I didn't plan that, by the way. That was just totally happenstance. Yeah. But like again, I was able to go to parties and and premieres and da da da. da. So I I had a very a very, very nice. non a very atypical opportunity in life just by virtue of what I do I did or what I do. What agency? Um, I first worked for um, I can't remember right now for IPG and then for Zenith Optimedia. And you're you're still doing the same thing. Um, so I'm working now. I'm still in marketing, but I'm on the client side now. Got it. So yeah, Miami. I like Miami. <laughs> I, mean, I think I, we all love Miami. I, I I love. Look, my favorite American city is Chicago. I absolutely and love. I've never been. Oh my gosh, Chicago is. And again, I'm not knocking New York. I love New York. Is like a classier, cleaner version of New York. I always say it's like if New York and Miami had a baby. Yeah. Because you get the 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 downtown and the hustle and bustle of yeah. a New York. But the suburbs are like right there. Yeah, the suburbs are right there, and you know there's houses with grass and. But you freeze. That is true. That is true. But and also because it's on Lake Michigan, you get that kind of ocean feel that right, you would hear. Right. But it's and absolutely, I I absolutely love Chicago. But it's true what what you said, and this is like your Cuban Hispanic part of you. I, I, you know, I knew that eventually one day I was going to have kids. And it's like, I don't want my kids to grow up like Americano, you know, like, yeah. eh, I see grandma and grandpa twice a year. We're going to grandma's house. What it's like, you, no. What summer? No. Yeah. yeah, we're going to, no. It's like, no. I want my parents what involved. What do you mean summer? I, 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 my I, house. I want my parents involved in my kids' life so I could fight with them and tell them they're wrong yeah. and get, you know, meddled in all my business with my kid and that's how it is you know and that's what i love about cuban society is is la familia it's at the center it's like that nucleus and so that's really really important for me i that's something that i you know we we try to talk about that in, in in the podcast a lot about cultures that is i think the biggest difference between american culture and Cuban and, and Hispanic, you know, most Hispanics are, are kind of like that. It is the 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 role of the family. It's the family. Yeah, it's the role of the family because I've I've said this to a lot of people. I'm like, in Miami, a lot of people don't move away. <laughs> like they, yeah. they or they move away and they come back, but they eventually they settle here because of their parents to be near their parents. Like. And and I think that's a very specific thing. Like I couldn't imagine seeing my family a handful of times a year. Yeah, and my mom would say, "Eso cosa de americano." It's a cosa yeah. americano. It's a, that, that's an American thing. Yeah. It's like what? It's like I expect my parents to be meddling. We're, we're in like the shit. god. We're like the Godfather <laughs> yeah. in, in, in Cuban uh, society. It's... <laughs> yes, yes. But but that's that's like a concept. I I always reference. Have you seen the movie Fools Rush In? With I have Hayek and, um, no, no, and Matthew, uh, Matthew Perry. So Matthew Perry's your typical like wasp. A, a wasp, you know, white guy, and Sama Hayek is Mexican, and you know, of course, her family's all up in her Kool Aid, and you know, it, it is how it is. And there's a scene, you know, and they have a problem with that. Like Matthew Perry's character has like a problem with that, and there's a scene that she tells him because because when he has to talk to his parents he's like oh i have to deal with my parents and oh 
and there's a scene that she's like, my parents are not something that I deal with. My parents are, or my family, yeah. they're part of me. They're, you know, this is like a package. They are with me in the good times and the bad times, you know, whatever. She goes on and off. And I thought that that very effectively, like, you know, put that, that, you know, our families aren't something that we deal with on Thanksgiving. And right, right. it's an everyday thing. Yeah. It's, it's part of everything that we do. Um, yeah. I think that's like a really big difference. And they, they, they amenazan with, with the, the importance of family. Like, ese es tu hermano. Yeah. Ese, ese es tu familia. Ese es tu sangre. Yes. Ese es tu hermano. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> El día de mañana, eso es lo único que tú vas a tener. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Like my, my father, like, if I go a certain amount of time without talking to my brother, for whatever reason, oh, yeah. llama a tu hermano. Llama a tu hermano. Llama a tu hermano porque tú no vas a casa de tu hermano. I'm like, my brother's right there, you know? <laughs> but then it's true. Then I then I think about, like, you know, I haven't seen my brother in a month. Why haven't I seen my brother? It's like life gets in the way, and then you right. have to make that effort. But, you know. Yeah, but that's why, like, literally, me and my sister, not only do me and my sister text every day, but we have a group text with all of our cousins. And on my father's side, we're like 12 first cousins. Wow. So we literally every single day we all know what the hell's going Are on. You, is it the like, same kind of thing with with your first cousins? Is it that close? Yeah, it's we're very close. Um, to the point where I mean, not so much now because everybody's you know married and has kids and all that. But there was there was a time that we we're growing up where it was like every every weekend it would be like you know in casa de mi tía everybody se reunía la otra tía because we also all grew up like if we were two miles away from each other it was too far. So it was just that whole like no criamos juntos and we're all very close in age. So I think between like if you start at the top and you keep going down, I think between everybody it's like maybe at the most you've got like a two year difference. Yeah, that's exactly what it was for me with on my mom's sister, her kids. So like those, those prima mano, you know, we were yeah, su yeah. we were super close. On my dad's side, it's a little far removed. I mean, it's still first cousins, but we don't. It, that's more of like a holiday kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's on my father's side. On my so mother's yeah. side, I don't have the one. It's cousin. the way we treat our family in slumber parties, because you know we weren't allowed to go. To oh slumber no, parties. yeah. Like, e ellos pueden venir acá. Ah, pero yeah. tú, you go sleep in somebody else's house. Aquí tú tienes tu casa. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Or like, I I love when like white friends of mine are like, oh, but you never went to your friend's house when the parents were out of town. I'm like, out of town. <laughs> Cuban parents don't go out of town. That's yeah, <laughs> like, true. I think. The only time that like we would we did that I think is like like I think we were in college when my parents you know started going off to like vacation by themselves and I was like well let's just have a barbecue at my house like but yeah. we were getty, what in our twenties yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was oh, not a, it, yeah when you used to, when I used 20, to do that we were like in our mid to late twenties but eso digo it was like that yeah was like, like the other day. yeah <laughs> like yeah we were you know bastante legal you know and that's a downside I would say is like not getting exposure which is good that you leave and you live in another place and you come back and you keep the la cultura but like then you can't you can't always live so encerrado too because then you never yeah. get that exposure yeah that, you know th that's true it's true but you know what though and maybe I see it differently now because I'm older and and I'm also now a parent you know. What, what what would our parents say? Oh, you're not going to stay alone in anybody's house because that's what, how things happen. How you, you know, <laughs> do like try drugs and drink and yeah, you know, that's when yeah. you do it. And it's funny because I want to hear all my white friends. Yeah, when like the parents were out, we used to like get high and like drink. And I'm like, see, that's what my parents that's what they <laughs> meant. talk about. And that's why I never did Your that. parents <laughs> at least te leyeron la cartilla because sometimes right. my parents would be, porque no me da la gana. And that was it. But in, but in, 
all of our defense, okay? Nosotros éramos tremendo grupo de nerdo. That, that would not have happened. <laughs> right, but what I'm saying is, we, I mean, uh, well, right, but we were a group. We, we're, we're still the same group of, of friends from high like school. Six, seven, grade. We're a group of like nine or ten of us, and all of our parents have similar values. So none of us were really allowed to do that growing up when we were in middle school or even high school. Um, but our, our parents had similar values. But the point was that none of us did none of that shit, you know, To begin with, at that age, yeah, because yeah. you know our parents. I don't see hello. I never the did partner, anything. Yeah, the, the 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 example of that is that one time we were in senior year of high school. We were again, we've known each other forever. We all went to that to to a party, uh, David's party. Yes, and David's parents were not at the house. Y eso empezó like. It started off with, vamos a decir, 20 gente, and then it became 40, and then it became 60. Y empezó, like, tener, tú sabes, ese elemento. We all literally just looked at each other, and we're just like, you know what? Let's just leave. Let's just leave. Let's just leave. <laughs> yeah. Because we were not those people. Yeah. You had, like, la costumbre. No, my, and my mom is so good. Like, she's always let me do everything. Like, siempre, claro, me lee la cartilla, whatever. But um, she's always been, like, let me do everything. And so, like, anything I tell her, like, she'll never get mad at me. So I literally tell her everything mm -hmm. um but like she's she's very um like no no drugs like she, she it would kill her and so yeah. i've never i've never been high i've never yeah. so much as smoked weed yeah just because like i think i did my first drug at the age of like 27 yeah yeah no me neither because i was like raised with that like fear and then it comes to a for point me it's it not even fear it's like she's so good she lets me do every this is her one thing if i'm not super interested in it then like why am i gonna but no that's why it's like i grew up with a fear about it but then it came to a point that that when you're old enough to do it it's like why do it it's like i've been perfectly fine without it all this yeah. time yeah. so like why am yeah, i gonna sabe. next time we record with you we're all doing edibles yeah <laughs> um so i'm i'm curious we're just a bunch of good good kids here I, i'm curious you know again as he takes a sip of you, his water you being um <laughs> Millennial slash zillennial, uh, whatever. Young, right young, young guy. What do you think, because we certainly have an opinion about it, of the term Latinx? Man, you put me on the spot. Um, That's why you're co-hosting. <laughs> look, I, I don't um, get upset with anyone. about. It's not my favorite term, for example. I, so I say, like, you know, Latino, Latina. There's the argument of... You, you ruin a language. Go. I'm so, so sorry. Do you hear it a lot in New York? Yeah, very popular in People New York. People do use it a lot in New York. Yes. Latinx. Okay. Yes, yeah. Because here it's not popular. And if it's not, okay. And if that's if that's the way it's changing, then that's the way it's changing, whatever, so be it. I don't, I don't like, you know, I'm in con things like that, you know, but I, it, I, I just say like Latino, Latina, because I do. I think people extrapolate, right? Like, if you want to say Latinx, say Latinx. But then I know people that are like, no, because then it's like le perre. And, you know, like, instead of el perro, it's, you have to, everything, oh. everything has to be gender neutral. Well, that's true. You have to. And right. I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah, I get how that would change the entire language. But, like, Latinx is just, like, one word, you know? So I don't, like, get upset about it. What's, what's your, like, I, I assume your opinion is, like, negative. Well, it's not that it's negative. I'm, I'm on the same boat with you. I'm like. If you, th if you like the term and you want to use it and you feel it identifies you, who am I to tell you that not to do it? I, I mean, think we're rational people here. More power to you. There's and, people and, that go out of their way to get offended, and that's not me. No, 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 no. I don't get offended by it at all. And, I, and I've spoken to people who've given me very good reasons why that term resonates with and them. And what are some? 
th- th- that well, it's gender neutral. It's, uh, so we'll use the example inclusive. Of, uh, well, inclusive. There's a, yeah, there's a podcast Spanish Aki presents, and I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it. No. When we were out in LA, we you know we had an interview with them, and one of the guys out there, um, you know, Oscar, he he identifies with it because of that, because he feels like, you know, he feels like. He he's he identifies as queer and he doesn't feel that Latino. He feels like that carries a certain connotation that he doesn't feel comfortable, like hyper masculine. And so again, he gave a whole very like a very textured, very nuanced explanation for it, where it was like, you know what, I get it, I get why you feel that way. Um, and again, to Darian's point, I'm not going to tell you like, no, how dare you? It's just that I don't me, personally, me personally I was already using the gender neutral. I would say Latin. Latin. I would consider right. myself a Latin person. Right. That's right. already neutral. I, would, I, I always, I've always said Latin. Me. I've always said Latin. So that's why when that term came out, I was a little puzzled because I, I was like, I understand what they're trying to do with the term, but I just thought the term already existed with Latin. Well, yeah, there's like, it was like Latin and then it was that you know like at gmail.com that yeah yeah the the arroga yeah exactly exactly. i actually even when this whole thing came up i actually looked up the word latin on the dictionary because i was like oh you know maybe maybe i don't have the correct meaning and it is the gender neutral form of latino or latina so i was like i just find it interesting i guess that there's been this whole like introduction of this new term when there kind of already existed a term that meant that I guess but, that's what it is for me. I don't feel strongly one way or the other, but I don't personally identify with it. I'm it didn't come along, and I'm like, yes, I need this. This is what I've been waiting for. So, but you know, like to each his own. People say what they want. I'm not going to start a campaign against it. You know, that's yeah. just not my jazz. But people do that. Um, what was I going to tell you after you guys posted something that it was talking about, like what is what is Hispanic versus Latin Latino? Um, and then what what do you consider Brazil. yourself Hispanic or right, Latino? Right, right, right. And then I I looked it up. Um, and it, it was talking specifically about how, and we have to see the exact thing, but it's it was like how Latino and Latina are basically Latin persons living in the U.S. But Latin, if you say I'm Latin, that it's not Latino Latina. It's actually that you're living in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you say it's just Latin is just the gender neutral of Latino or Latina, mm-hmm. it textbook it actually means something different. It actually means that you're not a U.S. Mm-hmm. You're not an American. Well, right. that I we could get into this again. I actually have a problem with the whole term Latino. I don't like the term. I actually consider myself Hispanic. Right. Um, I don't like the term, and I and I said this when we talked about it, um, because that that post that we put was pertaining to a topic that, of the con- a, yeah. that podcast of that episode. I think it was a few episodes back. I've always felt because when you ask, especially here in the in, in Miami, and now that you're in New York, you know maybe you you can um, you could see the differences here in Miami. People are very identifiable from where they're from. I am Cuban. I am Colombian. I am, Venezuela. you know, Venezuelan. I am Honduran. You know, Nicaragüense. Whatever. I think people here, and and somehow, as for lack of a better word, Latin community, we mesh and we live in Miami and we're kind of one. But we don't use the term Latino here in 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 in. We really don't. And I've never cared for the word because I always felt that the word kind of washed out the individual identities of each country. Yeah. And to me, the word 
Latino was invented by a white guy in the 1950s for the census. Was it? And, I, and it was. And I actually, I always had that opinion about it. And then I actually looked it up and it was. It was created by the United States um, in order to categorize people from Latin America and the Caribbean. Right. Because then I, I started That's where asking, that came from. Yeah, so that's why it's different than people. Latin. I started asking people. I'm like, when you were back in your native country- did you consider yourself Latino? No, we had never heard. You were Cuban, you were Venezuelan, you were whatever. We weren't Latino. We were from where we were at. And then I'm like, huh. And then that's when I started doing a little research on it. And yeah, that term was a term used by the U.S. to categorize people from Latin America. And to me, it does a, a disservice because you're lumping everybody's culture. Like Mexico. Mexico has like a very rich, distinctive culture which is very different from, you know, Venezuelan culture, which is very different from Colombian culture. I totally agree with Peruvian you. Peruvian culture, and we could go on and on and on. You can't put them in a box. Exactly, yeah. and that's that's a whole other conversation, how American society likes to put everything in a box, hence why we made that T-shirt that you right. probably saw right, right. Uh, that were from the Miami. But I always... Available for sale, but let me tell you, shop.com. <laughs> but that's why I've always, re I've always rejected that word, because to me, it's like... You're more complex than just this term that somebody categorized us. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of similarities between all these Latin American cultures. I mean, if you really come to think about it, that's what... Yeah, absolutely. You know, these were all absolutely. Spanish colonies that were all, for the most part, Catholic. So, obviously, we have all these similarities, but... But to just put all these countries... And then and, and you start looking at the makeup of the people, people from Argentina... I mean, are, are very different than people from Colombia. Again, to the U.S., it's like, oh, you're all, like, yeah. one thing. And it depends what you're box. talking about, too, because, like, if you're talking about just the importance of family, maybe that's more universal. But if you're talking about political stances or cultural customs, like, they're so, so different. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I totally agree with that. And I'll just speak to my experience being in New York. Like, I always grew up – this is a little bit different, but I grew up and, – and I told you, I, I say – Language is important to me. I'm Cuban-American, and I make a point to say I'm Cuban-American. Um, but, you know, I also grew up with race and ethnicity being mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. Like, my family, we were white Cuban-Americans, and that's what it was, mm -hmm. white and Cuban. Uh, in New York, it's like, no, you're not black, you're not white, you're, you're Latino, you're Latino, you're Latino, and that's it. Like, all the Latinos are in that box. Mm -hmm. In Miami, I feel like it is still more of that, not necessarily nuanced, but it's more like that more exclu mutual exclusivity of those two terms. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you look at just the Cuban community, where you live in Miami is more dependent on your race rather than your ethnicity. Because when everyone's the one thing, people uh, differentiate themselves based on another aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a complicated issue, but it could also be like a simple issue at the same time. Because I, I think that, again, what they've placed all these countries in, you know, all, all of the Latin American countries in as defined by one, by like one box or one, you know, one label. Because, again, we're obsessed with labels here. Um, it, it, it makes it so much more complex than it really should be. Because you're right. Like when I was growing up, if you're from Cuba, you're either white or black. Right. You know, but you were Cuban. Yeah. Like that episode of Que Pasa USA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, you know, you, you had the black guy come in, the uh, like the black American guy and the black Cuban guy. And they're like, well, but he's Cuban. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, because you were Cuban 
above anything else. Think of like the standardized yeah. tests yeah. or um, equal employer job application. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you, they ask you, it's race and ethnicity were, were separate. So I would say oh, white, Hispanic, Latino, yes. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, and I always tell people, I'm like, I don't like that term, not because I want to be like Anglo. I have yeah, no exactly. no interest in being white, like white in terms of the definition of the United States, like culturally. Right, right. culturally. I have no interest in being white, but it's just at the same time, I think that does a, a huge, huge disservice to all these Latin American countries that have all these different cultures and all these different people and all these different backgrounds that we are all painted as one. Like, like it's a total homogenization of such you know, like intense and rich cultures. That's the way that I. And when it. you think about the census in the fifties, I mean, maybe there was a justifiable argument for it back then, but today we have the technology to, um, we don't, we don't need to, mm-hmm. to have an all encompassing term like that. I don't yeah. think anymore. And I, I think that if you, especially if you are, whether either born here, this is just my opinion, <laughs> whether you're either born here or you're naturalized, I think you are, you should be an American of blank, yeah. whatever, heritage or whatever descent an american of cuban descent an american of mexican descent an american of whatever yeah it's super complicated like it's, very I, complicated. it's, it's and the words we use are important yeah i think yeah, yeah and and nobody i feel that nobody has the right answer and it I, I certainly don't. we're not gonna do it in, in, the, in the hour and a half we've been talking so. but we love everybody That's and the important thing. fill out the census guys fill out your census i actually did mine yesterday it's super easy they send it to you now well, no, it's it, mandatory it's, yeah but so is jury duty Nobody goes that. Uh, um, and <laughs> for yourself, I believe in civic duty. Uh, I mean, uh, yes, I. I don't, ser- don't put yourself. You're putting this on the record. Don't Listen, put, don't I've served. I've hole. served on a jury. Okay. I actually served on a jury before. I got chosen. It was like a week and a half. But we all know that there are people who just throw the letter away. So those but, are other people. Not well, us. not us. But you know, you get it in the mail. Literally, you just go online. If it took me all of 15 minutes, it was too long. So do the census, people. Yeah. Bueno, Chris. Thank you so much for being on our show. Yes, This was was some good talk. It was. Now, we end every show with our last soda of the desert, which is we give it to, you know, a person, place, thing, or what have you who is doing something cool, you know, or or sometimes it's a gasless soda for people who who are doing something shitty. Um, So, you know, in this case, though, we would like to give our decidedly not flat soda to you. For being our co-host. Yay. For being our co-host. So and also for, you know I mean, again, for, for just really taking it upon yourself to say, you know what, there's there's a lot of history out there that needs to be remembered and not forgotten. And we are big fans of that. We're huge fans of, you know, if you if you don't, what is it? Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And you are really taking it upon yourself to make sure that people get information, whether they use it or not, is on them. But um, that's very commendable, you know, because yeah. nobody's nobody's making you do it. This was something that nació. You know, you felt it in your in your heart and your soul. And keep doing what you do, man. And you're tremendo guanazo. Yeah, seriously, I appreciate it. Seriously, that. like like f- legit. Yeah, like your third generation, like tremendo guanazo. You can take the like, guy at a high level. You can't take the high level. That is true. Like he that should is... he should be on air with Lucy Lopez. Yeah, like I'd love to meet Lucy Lopez. She's a doll. Absolute pleasure. So thank you so much, and um, everybody out there. We hope you. You know, our motto is listen, laugh, and learn. And especially now with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, we hope you we could you know um, make you laugh, make you think for a little bit. Everybody out there, stay safe. 
We'll get through this. We're literally all stuck in this together. Um, literally. So um, support your local businesses, guys. Yes, if at all yes. possible. Order takeout. Order takeout. You know, Target, Walmart, McDonald's. They will be fine survive. after this. But you know, yeah. local businesses are not. You know, they yeah, this if, can kill them. I know people are scared, but if you've got an extra like five bucks and you want to, you know, order a shirt from like a Martha of Miami or something like that, you know, every little bit helps. So as always, grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your jupiña, and thank you so much for joining us that was episode 102 yes it was thank you everybody bye, bye. Gente, cuídense. pero let me tell you is co-hosted by darian borges and ismaeliano produced by ismaeliano and our theme pero let me tell you freestyles composed by michael angelo lomlaplex the official gay guy and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on itunes 